This is Winning Cures Everything. Here's your host, Gary Seegers. It is Tuesday, April the 9th. This is Winning Cures Everything. I'm your host, Gary Seegers. You can follow me on Twitter at GaryWCE. You can follow the show at Winning Cures. You can get us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Winning Cures Everything. Subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe to all the podcasts, whatever your favorite podcast app is. Make it easy on yourself. Go to winningcureseverything.com. That's got everything that you need about the show. We do this every day for 10 to 20 minutes roundabout. So if you're new to the show, welcome in. We appreciate you being here. Uh, looking forward to uh, seeing some comments and whatnot today. I'll go on and give you the rundown on what we will be discussing. Uh, today, we're talking about Virginia and Texas Tech. We're going to recap the... Uh, the championship game from last night. We are going to talk about the odds for the 2020 college basketball season. We are going to discuss UCLA's hire of Mick Cronin. Alabama and Oklahoma have scheduled a home-and-home series. We'll give you the dates on that. And Tennessee sports betting will tell you what happened with the bill today in the uh, the legislature. So let's go ahead and jump into this uh the show brought to you by mybookie.ag. You can use promo code WCE50, that's WCE50, to get a 50% deposit bonus. Easy enough, right? 50% deposit bonus. Um, you put in $500, they're going to give you $250. You put in $100, they're going to give you $50. Whatever it is, they're going to match it 50%. Mybookie.ag, the best online sports book. They got the best lay, uh, layout, they got the best odds. Uh, they've got the best payouts. You know, everything about it is awesome. Go check it out for yourself. If you don't believe me, you can go look for yourself. MyBookie.ag, promo code WCE50. You get a 50% deposit bonus. Let's go ahead and jump into this. Virginia 85, Texas Tech 77. The game went to overtime. DeAndre Hunter was otherworld last night. 27 points, 9 rebounds. Kyle Guy had 24 points. Virginia... Had uh, They were 11 of 24 from three last night. Really good efficiency. There's a reason they were the number one or number two, whatever it was. I think Gonzaga was one. Uh, number two offensive efficiency team in the country. They understood how to, um, how to attack Texas Tech's defense. That's the thing that a lot of people didn't realize. These two offenses are used to playing against really good defenses. So of course they understood you got to be careful with the basketball. You got to be efficient in what shots you take. Uh, now you did see some bad offensive play. You saw guys that would not take wide open shots because they didn't want to take three, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, and I think uh, uh, Charles Barkley actually pointed that out last night. But if you watched in real time, you would notice they're not doing anything. Like they're they're not just taking quick shots just for the sake of having a quick shot. So teams that like to run up tempo, they'll do that. And especially in the first four minutes of the game where, I mean, I think it was 2-2 two to two at the under-16 or 3-2 to two at the under-16 timeout. That's These teams eventually will warm up. Uh, I mean, Texas Tech took 30 three-point shots. They only took 63 field goals for the game, so that was almost 50% of their shots were from three. Now, they hit 10 of them which is pretty good, 30% or 33%, but not quite good enough. We weren't quite there yet. So, um, but yeah, slow start. I grabbed the uh, the over 110 live line 
when uh, when the game started so slow. I also had over 117 and a half. I also had Virginia minus one. I parlayed both of those. It was a fun night. It was a it was a good night, a profitable evening. Uh, that was that was a really epic. Uh, I guess if we could say epic, that was an epic national championship game. Two teams that had not been there before. Two teams that were playing for their first ever national championship in college basketball. That was a fun basketball game. When you have high-level teams, regardless of whether they just play defense or whatever, that's the deal, right? That's that's what you're looking for is good basketball. And both of these teams played well. These are good basketball teams. Chris Beard is a fantastic coach. Tony Bennett, a fantastic coach. Um it this it was it was a lot of fun to watch. It was profitable for me and for those of you that watched the show yesterday. Uh, this was this was a good night, a good night. So let's talk about the college basketball odds for 2020, uh, because of course the Westgate Superbook automatically puts those up right after um, the odds to win the 2020 national championship. And we'll just go through you know some of the top teams right here, and it's teams that you've heard before. And if you notice me scratching my nose on the video, uh, allergies are driving me insane right now. It doesn't matter. Claritin, Zyrtec, whatever, doesn't matter. Uh, I get on here and it's it's bonkers. But I'm like this all day. It's frustrating. Anyway, odds to win the 2020 National Championship from the Westgate Superbook in Vegas. Kentucky and Virginia both at 7-1. to one. Kentucky, yeah, they're, they're going to be talented again. I'm always amazed at this. And if you wonder... This is not like a power rating, right? That's that's not what this is. The The power ratings are completely different. These are based on how many bets they think they are going to get. Kentucky, Duke, Michigan State, Michigan, North Carolina, those teams are always going to have a significant amount of bets placed on them by their own fans. So you keep the odds low in order to limit your risk, right? So here's what we got: Kentucky and Virginia are both seven to one, or seven to one. Duke and Michigan State both eight to one. Michigan, North Carolina, uh, sorry, Michigan twelve to one. North Carolina, Villanova, and Gonzaga all fourteen to one. Arizona, surprising there. Kansas, Louisville, and Oregon are all twenty to one. Mississippi State, Tennessee, Auburn, and Texas Tech are all thirty to one, and so on and so on. No real surprises in there. Um, I was. I was not shocked by this at all. Uh, you know, you got some some long shots here. Marquette at fifty to one. Uh, they it looks like Marcus Howard could return to school, and if he does that, they're going to return their entire starting five from a team that really tanked towards the end of the the season. But I mean, they were within a game of winning the Big East. You know, Marquette could really be a good basketball team next year. So that 50 to 1 shot is a little surprising to me. Cincinnati is at 60 to 1. We're going to get to Mick Cronin leaving here in a little bit. Florida and Iowa and Iowa State are all 60 to 1. LSU 80 to 1. Maryland 80 to 1. Memphis 80 to 1. Purdue and Syracuse both 60 to 1. Creighton and Ohio State. Uh, Seton Hall, Washington, Xavier all 80 to 1. So uh, here's the deal don't make any bets. On these yet, obviously they put they put these out for fun, and they will take your bets if you go out to Vegas and you bet in the Superbook. I would recommend not doing that until you know exactly who's going, who's staying, who's 
coming in. They still got a whole summer worth of grad transfers to figure out. Uh, Texas Tech's lineup wasn't even set until August last year, so you know you don't know who's going to show up, who's going to make a difference, et cetera. What coaches might leave, et cetera. The Cincinnati sixty to one. I guarantee you that will not be sixty to one at even tomorrow, right? So because UCLA hires Mick Cronin today, we're going to jump into that. Uh, UCLA, Rick Barnes turned them down, went back to Tennessee. I think it's basically going to be considered a lifetime deal. I mean, Barnes is what sixty four, sixty five years old. He, I don't know that he's going to coach too terribly much longer, ten years at the max. But I, if he's not leaving for UCLA, I don't envision him leaving for any other gig. He turned down Kentucky once upon a time uh, before Tubby Smith took that job. He has now turned down UCLA. I don't know that there's any other coach that's actually going to do that. Turned down Kentucky and UCLA. Uh, they hired Cronin. And he was their fourth choice. The reason they went after the first three that they did, from what I understand, is they wanted an experienced Power 5 coach that has proven it at multiple stops. And that makes sense, right? Calipari, uh, Jamie Dixon, Rick Barnes. Barnes was at Texas and Tennessee and Clemson. Uh, Jamie Dixon at Pittsburgh and TCU. Calipari, uh, not a ton of Power 5s, but you know what he is. Right, it UMass, Memphis, Kentucky, and he's been successful everywhere. Cronin was successful at Murray State for a couple of years, but then after that, he's at Cincinnati for however long it's been sixteen years, maybe maybe not quite that much. Um, he was two ninety six and one forty seven overall at Cincinnati. What what's crazy is if Alabama had made the hire of Mick Cronin. People would have thought this is a home run hire. This is great. Da 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 da. And then you see national media come in and say, "Oh wow, Mick Cronin! Like he's never even been to an Elite Eight. He's only been to one Sweet Sixteen. But here's the deal: at Cincinnati, you are working from a different level, right? So Xavier, I understand, had been to a few Elite Eights, but like when you get into the tournament, it is a complete crapshoot. Tony Bennett not being to a Final Four was just, it, just unluck." Like it was, it was not because of any one thing that he did wrong. It wasn't a style of play. It wasn't whatever. Because that same style of play, that same thing that he was doing, won him a national championship last night. So Cronin, I think, is perfect for this job. He's going to implement defense. He's going to be a hard nosed coach. He got a six year, twenty four million dollar deal. That's four million a year. Uh, I like the, I like the pick. I think UCLA did a fantastic job. I'm pumped about it. Uh, I I really, really like this. Let's move on from there. Alabama and Oklahoma have scheduled a home-and-home series. Now, we talk about these from time to time whenever they pop up. Uh, Last year, Alabama scheduled Texas for 2022-2023 and Notre Dame for 2028 and 2029. Just a few months ago, they scheduled West Virginia for 2026 and 27. And then now Oklahoma and Alabama 2032 and 2033. Now, when you first look at that, it's, holy crap, that is so far away, we won't even know who anybody is, and da 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 which, yeah, you're, you're probably right. But in the grand scheme of things, uh, 2032 is only 13 years away. I mean, that's not that far. So while it is, time-wise, a long distance in the future, it's really not when you look at the grand scheme of things. 
So I'm pumped about this. I like these kind of matchups. You know, we saw that uh, we've got Georgia and Notre Dame playing next year. We got Georgia and Clemson scheduled out in the future. Uh, you got Florida State and Georgia. Like it, these kind of matchups matter, especially in today's college football, where you don't have as many people going to the games, right? People want made for TV games. You want the ratings to go up, especially if you are looking to continue that TV money now that the bubble has effectively burst. That's the biggest thing, right? ESPN, Fox Sports 1, etc., they will continue to pay for this stuff, but you have to give them a reason to pay for it because they are not bringing in as much money as they were when they first started giving out these crazy deals. The price of this stock is going up, but the income for these middlemen for ESPN and, and whatever channels, uh, it's going down for them. So that that becomes a problem. Um, but I, I do like the games. Alabama and Oklahoma, Alabama, Notre Dame, Alabama, Texas, Georgia, Clemson, Georgia, Florida State, et cetera, et cetera. And these are not neutral site games. So we're kind of getting away from neutral sites, and I'm a fan of that. And finally, we'll close out with this. The Tennessee sports betting bill that I was discussing yesterday that went to a vote today, uh, it is advancing in the House of Representatives. It uh, it briefly stalled amid bipartisan concerns, but the legislation, House Bill 1, uh, it passed with a 12-to-5 vote. So now we go through one more stage of voting to approve it and whatnot, and it will be for mobile betting to be legalized in the state of Tennessee. Now, one interesting thing that they did is they have added a list of types of people that are prohibited from making sports wagers. So, for example, the athletes and team owners involved, the people who run the sports betting operations, and others with influence over a game's outcome, it is a misdemeanor, excuse me, a misdemeanor if they cast bets on this. So, that's an interesting little nugget on that. Uh, Along with that, they have put back uh, money from this that will go towards gambling addiction. I think it's a smart move. And, and I'm sure that others do this, but Tennessee, it is, it's become public. Like, they are releasing that along with the information about the bill. Uh, the bill advances to the House Government Operations Committee. The Senate version is scheduled to be heard later Tuesday in the sta- uh, Senate State and Local Government Committee. So we will hear more about this later on because, obviously, we don't have any more right now. But this is, this is good. This is good. The money will be... Uh, Let's see, it, one of the guys that was in this, Representative uh, David Hawk, he pointed out he was one of two representatives in the room present when legislature voted on establishing an education lottery. Uh, he said that they saw night and day differences in the sports betting bill and the lottery program. You had to have some other reason for sports betting as opposed to we're just going to do it, right? So a lot of this will, it, it's going to be great. Right for the state of Tennessee, because you're not going to have people coming down to Mississippi, going to uh, Arkansas where they are opening up new casinos, etc. There will be no brick and mortar. It will be in state on your phone. I'm pumped about it. I think it's going to be good for the state of Tennessee. Uh, the state of Indiana is going through something as well. They are not approving mobile gambling. They're only doing brick and mortar shops. We'll see exactly how that goes and how long it lasts. Kind of the same with Mississippi. Eventually, Mississippi will pass mobile gambling. 
but we ain't quite there yet. Uh, we appreciate you checking out the show today. We're going to do it again tonight. Chris and I are getting together. We're going to discuss some NFL stuff, some college football stuff, etc. So join us this evening. We're going to try and go live around 6 p.m. We will see you guys at that point. But as always, check out the show at winningcureseverything.com. Subscribe on YouTube. Leave us some comments. Leave nice reviews on the, uh, on the podcast. Subscribe to it. We'll see you guys again tomorrow. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at Gary WCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us.